Hi, it's Plue here and this is my fourth episode of Life on the Run and I'm going to start with observation number 37, Obsession. Running does provide for me with moments of greater insights into myself and my thinking. Everyone runs for a reason. In my case, I run for competing obsessions, though my main obsession is running. I think running keeps my other obsessions at bay. At bay. Some of my other obsessions over the years have included things like drinking, antisocial behaviour as a late teenager, binge TV watching, especially in the era of Netflix, partying pretty hard in my 20s and even into my 30s a little bit, overeating, undereating, or sugar. All these things compete for each other's affection. Running has given me, however, a greater understanding of all my obsessions. Life on the run, number 38. Tolerance. Tolerance isn't about me and my running. Rather, it's about me trying to be tolerant of when others are talking to me about running. Statements like, I don't have time for running, or statements like, running is just bad for you, test my patience. But my patience getting better on this when it comes to conversations in relation to these topics. For the past 20 years, I've been running in what I call Penno West, as distinct from West Pennant Hills. It's west of the station and fronts onto the bush. Someone I know quite well stopped me recently and started to tell me running was bad for me, that my knees would go and I'd have a heart attack. Well, this may well be true. I'd be quite happy to go this way. It's in moments like these in which I'm required and I'm quite happy to be tolerant of people's viewpoints. The other situation is when people approach me and discuss They'd like to run, but they can't get out the door. They make excuses. They perhaps don't even see the benefits of running. In these circumstances, I'm also happy to be tolerant as well. I understand how people can't be expected to walk in my shoes and see the benefits of running without having to try in their walk in their shoes as well. So all I can do is just go do my runs, and if that prompts someone else to walk out the door, well, that's all good. I actually understand this idea of tolerance because walking out the door for a run is much easier than walking out the door for a cycle or going for a swim. I've become an all-weather runner, a fair-weather cyclist and a sunny-day swimmer. We all approach our running and exercise, or lack thereof of running and exercise, differently. Life on the run, number 39. Forgiveness. More than anything else, forgiveness is about forgiving yourself. An ideal run is when you don't think about anything and you just run in the moment. Mostly my runs involve ongoing thoughts and chatter in my mind. Quite often I say to myself, what are you thinking about? And I find myself reflecting on the day that's just passed, just thinking to myself. It's endless chatter in my mind while I run. I could have handled this situation better. I should have held my tongue in that conversation. I should have spoken up diplomatically in that conversation. I should have been a better listener rather than talking too much. I barged past that person without thinking of them. I didn't pick up that piece of rubbish I saw on the road as I ran by. I should have asked Jenny, Nick or Ali how their day was and actually engaged with their answers by being a good listener. Running sometimes helped me to forgive myself. Life on the run, storytelling. 
Recently, I learned there was a difference between storytelling and story showing. Storytelling requires a conscious decision to tell a story, while story showing is revealed through the actions of people. Running lends itself to story showing. I have a greater understanding of running from story showing. Just observing people's experiences, more so recently on social media, I have friends who run a marathon in training each weekend where I struggle to get one or two marathon distance runs in a year. Then there are those who run to raise money for a cause such as cancer, PTSD, domestic violence, in some cases closely related to the runner or someone closely related to them. Then there are stories of people who do weird and wonderful things, such as running from Melbourne to Cape York, or Brisbane to Sydney with a marathon each day, or across Australia 20 years ago in 2000. Then overseas there's the Tennessee runner living in UK, John Kelly, who decided to not just run the Bob Graham round, look it up, you'll be fascinated about that round, but the equivalent of the Wales and the Scotland one, but also cycling between each event. These stories continue to inspire me to find little adventures that I can manage to do as well. Stories showing rather than storytelling. Life on the run. Perspective. There are plenty of occasions to gain perspectives on runs. The starting point for me was my first marathon on Anzac Day 1986. It also happened to be my grandfather's birthday. When I thought I was doing it hard, and I thought I was because I hit the wall, I just thought, this is nothing compared to what the kids younger than me experienced when they hit the shores of Gallipoli. And I was 26 at the time, four to five years older than those young men and women involved with Gallipoli. Then in 2017, my dad died. It was on Thursday in July, and I flew back to Sydney from Brisbane on the Saturday evening to run in the 12-hour race around the track in the freezing cold of Campbelltown in, in the middle of the Shreishim Noi 24-hour race. I started at 10pm, spent the night in the cold thinking about Dad, which gave me perspective. Sure, I ticked off a marathon, but I just left at 5 o'clock in the morning, went to bed, flew back to Brisbane the next day. I've dozens of stories where running enables perspective. And the final observation I'd like to make for life on the run in episode 4 is number 42, life cycle. I know I've mentioned this before, but for me there is a special relationship between running and life and it is part of my life cycle. Initially running dominated my life, often at the expense of my life. Gradually the years of running have just become part of my life. In the 1980s and in my 20s, they were an adulthood era, idealistic, and I was mainly single, where I was really selfish. Then my life cycle changed. In the 1990s, it's what the era I call of deferred personal goals, with a young family, which was a big time, about time that I started to think about other people. In the 2000s, it was my era of runner's depression, and I was rescued from this runner's depression by Cool Running Australia and the community. In the 2010s, it introduced me into the longer, slower running, where the focus was time on my feet rather than feet off the ground and at a pace. 
Running has always been closely connected to the different stages in my life cycle. I could have made better use of these cycles if I knew I was actually in them at the time. That's the end of episode 4 of Life on the Run and I hope you enjoyed those 6 observations. Bye for now, see you soon.